Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my right, we have... Teresa. And to my left, we have... It is Sean. Sean. And we are coming at you with Season 5, Episode 30. Holy cow, what a season. The Invitational Tournament, Round 1. Very excited about Invitational Tournament. I love tournaments. It's going to be fun. So we'll get right into the details here. This Invitational Tournament... It includes four different types of metal workers. Right. And each episode will have one type, and then that winner will go on to a last episode against the other metal workers to go for a $50,000 prize. Pretty nice. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So those classes of smiths are farriers, which is this episode, armorers, blacksmiths, and modern metal workers. So, it's an interesting way to split it up, but now we're going to go right into the episode with Farriers. Our contestants, we had Kirk, who had 50 years of experience, and he was currently retired. Uh, We had Ray, who was five years of experience uh, full-time. Riley, who had nine years of experience full-time, again, as Farriers. And then we had Chris with 20 years of experience, and he is also retired. So, for our picks, there's a little bit of something going on here. Teresa and I were watching Knife or Death. Dang the DVR. The DVR. We have it set to record a minute or two before the thing starts so that we don't miss anything. And unfortunately, that means Teresa was watching when the winner of this episode showed up. Yep. And she saw who won the episode before we had a chance to watch it and do our notes. So Teresa doesn't get any picks. And she's technically disqualified from this episode. And that leaves Sean and myself to have our picks. And we both picked Kirk, uh, the ringer, I would say, with 50 Mm -hmm. years experience to be the, the winner. Sean picked Ray as his underdog, and I picked Chris, my namesake, oh. as my underdog. Your namesake? I guess I'm You're his, his namesake. namesake. <laughs> <laughs> and so for round one, these farriers had to use horseshoes and farrier's rasps to make Sanmai blades that had a clip point um, between 12 and 15 inches in length, not to exceed 22 inches long total so kirk was going about the taco method using the horseshoes the softer metal of metal of the horseshoes um as the taco around the rasp and then you would then grind away his edge down to the harder steel um he cleaned up the rasp to be able to attach the shoe taco and he blew through this really quickly he was done with time to spare he just like, basically he took the rasp and he filed off the sharp parts and just stuck the shoe on the back of it, right? That's basically what he did. He didn't really shape the the rasp until he was all done with that sanmai part and then he ground it down. Yes, I believe that is what happened there. So Ray, she decided to start by straightening out two shoes and welding those to the outside of a rasp, going more of the sandwich method of sanmai. Uh, her welds came undone, and then she reattempted the same plan, um, 
And then amongst all of this, she was working with her, her billet, tried to cool it down, and she went to the water barrel, and the judges freaked the fuck out, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like, what are you doing? Don't put it in the water barrel. You're going to be really messing with the grain structure, making it a brittle blade, and making it hard to really get this thing hardened properly. And then proceeded to drop her blade right. into the water. But she came prepared. She did get magnets. Shelf. They were on a shelf. Yeah. yeah. So for as much as we had this conversation of where are the magnets, <laughs> oh, they must have brought them with them. No, they're on a shelf. I wonder if they pantry. don't always have them on a shelf. Maybe they're just there sometimes. Anyway. Or people can't find them. Yeah. I guess they couldn't find them sometimes. But the magnets are back. She was, She's able to get it out using the magnets. And... Moving forward, go on to Riley. He also straightened out two shoes and welded to the outside of the rasp. Um, they didn't really show him very much, so that's pr- usually a good thing. If you don't get right. shown on the camera, it means you're not fucking up. <laughs> so um, every time they did show him, he was doing something well and, and exceeding at what he was doing. So he looked like he was in a good position. And then Chris also straightened two shoes, welded them to the outside of the rasp, but he had a massive D-lamb when he was working his billet, so he tried that again. The same spot kept giving him an issue, so he ended up cutting it off and on one side of the blade. So he said the mild steel does not have to be the full length of the blade on both sides. As long as it's there on both sides, it doesn't have right. to be the whole. He said, hey, they didn't say how long it had to be. Yeah. And and uh, David Baker was like, well, he's- Basically confirmed he's, it. Yeah, he's right. He didn't say it had to be the entire length. So he managed to pull that off, um, but he had not quenched with 10 minutes left. His plan was to do so in the last two minutes. Was never seems like a good idea. Um, and his warped like a potato chip. And he proceeded to beat on it while it was cooling to straighten it, straighten it all out. And we move on to our judging. Kirk had a nice tip. His tank could use a little bit of work. Ray was solid straight, but unfortunately, hers was too short. You can measure it at 10 inches, 10 and three quarter inches. Riley had a bit of a warp. Chris, they noted the fact that he was missing that piece, but it wasn't against the rules. So because of the blade being too short, in fact, Dave Baker could tell by looking at it that the guides for the blade are on these 11 inches apart. It seems like this is a little short. I better get that trusty little tape measure out. Right. And lo and behold, he was correct. She was a quarter inch too short, so Ray got no, the an boot. An inch and a quarter too short. Oh, 12, 12 inches. You're right. Excuse me. An inch and a quarter too short. So Ray got the boot. Actually, that's a pretty big difference. An inch and a quarter is a big difference. (laughs) So not like that eighth of an inch we've (laughs) yeah before. Ray got the boot, and we moved on to round two. Sean, your underdog, was out. She's gone. I know it's too bad. So round two, these guys have to add handles, but must also include a guard. So Kirk um, decides to also include a pommel as well as a guard, and while I was mixing up some epoxy. Um, he didn't want it just to be straight glue, so he mixed some 1095 powder in with it to kind of fill in some gaps. Judges made note like, well, that might not be that good of an idea. I don't... Whoop-de-doo. I, I don't I'm not so sure. I, I don't... 
I'm not so sure about that. Like it's just it's they're fine particles. I think the epoxy is going to set no matter what, and that 1095 is not really providing any strength at that point, right? I think it's more just for looks. I, it, well, I mean, it's on the inside. I think you just wanted some something, something a little more substantial. Yeah, some grit. I don't know, but anyway. I've we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's either sawdust or powder, so whatever. And then he was threw some super glue on his pins and set. And then it, judges again are like, "Wow, you better get him in there quick." Listen, if you have a big glob of super glue, it's not gonna like that, right. like just dry up. So that that just seemed kind of ridiculous, but drama. <laughs> so move on to Riley. Um, he makes his tank thinner. And he turns it into a hidden tang um, so that he can slide his guard on. And he had kind of carved out his scales, the inside of his scales. Um, and while he was trying to clean some of the material out and he tapped it on the bench, the thing just broke apart. And it was like that, um, it was like a pine cone, like in resin or something like that. Oh, yeah. That stuff's really brittle anyway. I've seen that break before on the show. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was better off that he went with something else. Yeah. Just never know. So, uh, Chris then goes and spends an hour cleaning up his blade on the grinder and uses kind of just a traditional wood handle and end up using a Ferris rasp to kind of shape it, which is pretty cool. So it was really kind of traditional and, and everything. So pretty neat. Moving on to judging strength test, the feed trough, chop and stab Kirk, had a good handle. Uh, did have some edge rolling. His tip dulled a little bit. Riley kind of had a small handle. Uh, had some edge rolls. And Chris, super stabber. Oh, yeah. When he when they stabbed that thing <laughs> in, it was all the way it up. It went all yeah. the way in. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, he did get some significant rolls, and his handle was a bit large. I liked his a lot too because it it was it was based off of a samurai type sword was, design, yeah. but it's like a I forget what the name of it was, but it was a shorter version of that. Yeah, and it, for the amount of time they had for him to put that design together and make it look so nice was pretty impressive. Pretty good. So we have the sharpness test, which was a horsehair slice. Kirk, sharp blade, though not clean cuts where there were rolls, but cut all the way through that. Mm-hmm. Riley. Did not slice all the way through, and Doug said, for the most part, it will cut. Chris, it cut about halfway through, but it will still cut. I feel like Doug tries to find the positive. He does, yeah. It'll cut. You know what? But it's still good. (laughs) I was honestly surprised at how hard it was to cut the horse hair. You think of... I think of hair as being something that just was going to slice. You don't cut the girl's bangs. It's not a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. Straight I, I generally am not the one cutting hair in this household, <laughs> except if it's my own hair. But that being said, I was surprised, but it makes sense. And your namesake got the boot. Yeah. <laughs> so. Move on. Moving on to round three. Where they made the mortuary sword. Uh, Chris did the Tim the Toolbar grunt when that came up. Tim the Toolman Taylor. I'm so sorry. And, Toolbar. Um, yeah it's okay he's like a a windows noise he's a toolbox now so it doesn't really matter (laughs) um but yeah i saw that sword and i was like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. not quite like that Uh 
Yeah. Oh, was the questioning one? Yeah. Oh, was the questioning? Oh, it's <laughs> interesting. So the mortuary sword is an English Civil War sword, double-edged, fuller on both sides, spear point tip, with a basket hilt, and there's a portrait of Charles the First etched into the handle traditionally. And you can see this weapon on the Domination's mobile game. <laughs> uh, have you checked out that Domination no, game not. yet? I downloaded it. <laughs> I tried it for about two two hours of attempts of trying to figure out what to do. And it's like, you build a little town, and then you, oh, now you build a place where you can train soldiers, and occasionally you get attacked by random forces. It's like so many other games out there. I didn't get anywhere near be there being some forge and fire tie-in, oh. so I don't no, know if it... It's going to be later. Is, you have to play I, yeah, I guess it's got to be end game like content because I didn't get there and I was like, this game is bullshit. But okay, <laughs> whatever. So we start out with Kirk's Forge. Um, day one, he decides to work backwards. So he's going with the handle first. And then on day three, he's working on the hilt and the blade tank. And then on day four is when he finally starts to work on the blade itself. That seems so nuts to me to start with the handle when you don't have any, like, I guess you can just shape it afterwards to what you need or, or adjust it if you need to based on how the blade turns out. But yeah, and if he's really confident in being able to just forge a long piece of steel like that or a blade, then it makes sense to maybe work on those harder pieces to get those out of the way. Yeah. But you could be said either way. Really, yeah, you know, either method. So he didn't have a quench tank for this long blade. He uses the bucket of a backhoe yeah. um, and a barbecue instead of his forge because of the length. And then as he's doing all that, it warps a bit to the left, but he's also able to straighten it with boards and clamps. So yeah. it works. And then in Riley's... Five days, the first day is spent forging the sword, and he actually kind of goes into a little bit of like, well, I'm going to start with the blade, and then as you go through, you can size the handle in comparison to the blade. So right. it's really exactly opposite of what Kirk did. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's forging the sword. It's heavy, but it's something to work with. And then on day three, uh, the forging of the blade is done, and he begins working on the hilt. Once that's basically done, he moves on to the heat treating of the blade, and he drops it into the quench tank, but it's fine. So one thing you don't want to do is drop it in a quench tank. Clunk. Right in. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> Drama. And then day five is the fit and finish. So then they go to, um, you know, back to filming for the judging. And we like to know whose is looking better. Kirk's looks a little better at the time. I mean, you could tell the dude is a craftsman for 50 years, and he managed to put together this awesome-looking... Uh, sword, and not that Riley's wasn't awesome right. looking, but Kirk just had him by a little bit. Also, did you notice the image of of the king on the the hill itself? That was on um. Is that on Riley's. That was on Riley's, not Kirk's. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm Riley's. I'm talking like a cartoon yeah. head. Yeah, cartoon head. Yeah. <laughs> but it's King Charles. <laughs> yeah. Like from Family Circus or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the kill test is a pig carcass. Um, Kirk supercuts, seemingly no resistance, and it cut the pig in half. Riley was pretty similar, you know, very good. Light and fast, it is not. Sharp and deadly, it is. But both will kill, so they both passed. Mm-hmm. Then we go on to the strength test, 
which was English sword versus arbitrary and versus Scottish shield. And then there's like this random horse in the background <laughs> wearing armor. It's an armored horse, just kind of there. It had no relevance to the test. Did you guys see the the shields during the the first rounds? They're in the background in the shop. No. Oh no, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think it was either during the testing or just during the first round or something like that while they're oh. forging. Hmm. Then they use them during the test. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. So it was a shield test, essentially. Kirk's um, incurred some edge damage, but strong blade and held up. Riley's was heavy. There was some edge rolling, but held up overall. And then the sharpness test was the harassing cuts on an arming coat, which I've kind of gathered that harassing cuts is when you're kind of doing that little whipping action more so with the wrist than like Take that the bitch. arm. <laughs> um, so Kurt's edges cut easily through the heavy coat and the sandbag man underneath. And then Riley's cut deep through the heavy coat and the sandbag man underneath. So they both did well there. And when it comes down to it, Kirk wins because Riley's was heavy and less accurate. So that was it. We got points. Yeah. Sean and I both got a point. So our point tally as of this episode, Teresa still with a commanding lead at 33 points. I bring up the second place position with 24 points, and Sean is just a hair behind me with 22 points. It's one underdog away. Look out. So I, I feel like we're battling for second more than trying to get first at this hey, point. Hey, look out. We still got four episodes. Yes, we do. You, all right. I'm still not going to work. <laughs> strategy. You got to get Teresa to watch the ends of those. <laughs> but, but even when, if, Trick her into watching the ends so that she can't choose. If, if Chris gets eight points, it's still 32 to my 33. Okay, then. Well, I, I guess Teresa won the season. We don't have to keep points go. anymore. It's still fun. You don't get to keep points anymore. You win. You don't get to choose. You're taking me out of the game? No, I'm joking. <laughs> but that was the episode. Season 5, episode 30. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> For Teresa. <laughs> season 5, episode 30, Invitational Tournament. Round one with the farriers, and they made the mortuary sword. Thank you for watching the episode. Um, we just wrapped up our grudge match coverage. This today, I put out the last few interviews. A whole lot of interviews out there the last couple of days. Yeah, so if you, if you watch those, thank you for watching. If you haven't, check some of them out. We met with a lot of cool bladesmiths while we were down in Pigeon Forge. And um, thank you, Robbie Bowman, for having us. And remember to subscribe to the Instagram or our YouTube page. We are very close to 200 followers on Inst- on YouTube now. 200 right. subscribers. Very close. Pretty good. And we're slowly inching up on Instagram as well. So thanks, everybody, that follows us and supports the show. And we will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.